Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Attack of the B-Movies podcast. I am your host, John, and today we are talking about, well, I, I don't want to say one of my all-time favorite B-Movies, because it's it, it's really hard to say it's a f- all-time favorite or classic, but it definitely is one of my favorite B-Movies that's been featured in Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is where I first saw it, and then I did actually get the episode, or not the episode, the movie, and watched it myself, and... <laughs> It's deliciously horrible. Um, the movie I'm talking about is called Space Mutiny. It's also known as Mutiny in Space, depending where in the world you are. It was a 1988 production, South African science fiction action film. You don't hear that a lot. The, the It was written by Maria Dante and supposedly Ian Yule, who's uncredited. It was produced by David Winters. It was directed by David Winters and Neil Sundstrom. Now, there are some issues with that that I'll talk about later after I give you a brief synopsis of the movie. So, Space Mutiny takes place aboard what they call a generation ship called the Southern Sun. The Southern Sun looked really, really familiar, as did a lot of the other ships, because it turns out they decided to not use any special effects and to just take from other movies. And in this case, I believe it was other TV shows. I believe the ships, some of them, were from the original Battlestar Galactica TV series. Or Actually, some of the space fighting scenes were ripped right out of it. I, I believe there was a lawsuit about that, so it was like 20 minutes or so. It was a lot. of lot. They still have some of it in the, in the one I have, but release date was 1988 for the United States, 1990 in Japan and other parts of the world. I, I don't really know what to say. It's not long. It's an hour and 30 minutes. Basically, you're on the, they're on this ship, and Earth has been since overpopulated, and they are out on a mission to find another inhabitable planet. They've been on this mission for generations. Like, it's like four generations. It's a massive amount of, um, just years. Ridiculous. No one left on board the ship remembers Earth. They're all, they've all been born on the ship. And this is where the plot comes in. The head of security, he's the head of security, but it's like a special section of security. I think they, they call him the enforcers. Elijah Calgon. That's right, like the dish soap, Calgon, spelled differently, but Calgon, who is played by John Philip Law. And I might add, John Philip Law, long acting career, lots of movies, not just B-movies either. He was in B-movies, he was in some uh, regular productions, he was on TV. The guy, guy's been in tons of stuff. So he conspires to sabotage the Southern Sun, have it be taken over and boarded by pirate, or taken over by pirates, and then force it to land on a planet because... He wants to be on terra firma. He wants to be on land and know what it feels like. There are others that share that view, obviously, and I can completely understand that. Um, so he he sabotages the I don't know, the docking bay, I guess, something in the docking bay. And um, as a ship being coming in, he's there's there's two ships coming in. One has a group of uh, women called the Valerians. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. And then the other is piloted by none other than Reb Brown, Captain America. Captain America himself. His ship, he has a, a professor on it, a scientist. And we cut to the bridge, and we see the bridge crew, which, believe me, the, the, they have old... This is filmed in 88 or so. So I get the computers aren't going to be high-tech, right? But they have a five-and-a-quarter-inch floppy drive with the door lever shut, and they put, like, an ID card in half of it. Red Brown does it later on, but it's still. This, I don't know what the budget was. 
it couldn't have, even if it was a lot, it was just not well done. Anyways, I digress. So he, um, sorry for the ums, by the way. He is flying in, and we cut to the bridge, and there's the, I guess, captain of the ship. Yeah, captain, that's it. It's the captain of the ship, Captain Dev- Devers, and Commander Jansen, his, um, his first in, uh, first in command. And they're there, and there's a woman there. Uh, who is the captain's daughter, uh, Dr. Leah Jansen. Which is funny because I always thought she was the... No, that I might have those names mixed up. Anyways, it doesn't matter because the movie's confusing as all hell. So anyways, she um, she wants to find out if the professor's on the ship because she's a fan of the professor. She knows them, they're friends, whatever. She's taught him everything she, she knows, or he taught her everything she knows. They radio to Red Brown ship. He says, yes, he's on board. And as the ship's coming in, there's a pirate attack on the ships that are coming in from... Um, from to land on you know the dock, so the part of the ship that Kelgon destroy or sabotages is guidance control. So after this battle's done, Red Brown's ship is coming in. The guidance control gets destroyed by an explosion, and Red Brown crash lands and he teleports out. The professor doesn't. There's an explosion. I'd say a giant explosion, but it <laughs> you have to see it. There's an explosion. He escapes. Uh, Leah Jansen, the daughter, is running towards the burning wreckage to save the professor, who's probably well dead already. So Red Brown's character, who is named David Ryder, uh, he grabs her, carries her off around, over his shoulder. She's kicking and screaming. Uh, it turns out she's played by Sissy Cameron. Sissy Cameron is actually Red Brown's wife. They've been married since the 70s. I think they're still married, actually. Probably the longest-running... Hollywood couple, well, at least be, be couple. So they go to the bridge, and uh, we we find David Ryder, Reb Brown, talking to the bridge crew, explaining what happened. <laughs> we've, we've seen a good amount of the inside of the ship. It, it was obviously filmed in a factory. It was so obviously filmed in a factory that there are rusty pipes you could see in this futuristic high-tech spaceship, as it, Boys on Mystery Science Theater put it. it, it it's bad enough that you see brick walls and concrete walls, which I'm pretty sure were never considered proper materials for spaceship building. You also see windows that let sunlight shine in. You could tell this is not a spaceship. It, like, you know, um, what's his name? J.J. Uh, J. Abrams. In the engine room was, the, was, I believe, the Budweiser Brewery. But he filmed it in a way where you didn't see the stuff that makes it obvious that it's not a spaceship, right? This was not done that way. This was just <laughs> ridiculous. There's, like, pipelines of, like, methane. And it's just weird stuff that why would you even have on a spaceship? So Ryder goes to talk to the captain. And uh, Leah Jansen comes in and says she was there. The pilot chickened out. And they get in a little argument. And the captain's like, no, that's not what happened, you know. So Red Brown and her have an exchange. And he says, you know, this is... This is how it happened, lady. And she, you know, he tears into her a little bit. And he, she, he goes, sorry, I got to go file my report. And he stomps off. Well, we find out that there's this um, other guy. Yeah, I think he was an engineer. And he was doing like an inventory control kind of thing. And he found explosives missing. So he calls the bridge. And the call is intercepted by Calgon. And he's telling the woman on the bridge, I found this discrepancy. And she goes, well, you better come up here and show me immediately. He's on his way to the bridge. Calgon and his goons take care of him. Basically, throw him off of a off of a railing, uh, over a railing. The amount of railing kills in this movie gets to be ridiculous. So, throws him over the railing. He dies, and then they go looking for the bridge person. 
so we pick up in. I want to yeah. The next scene we see is like a garden, and Sissy Cameron's there, and she's she's gardening or whatever, and it's I guess what the professor taught her. And Red Brown's character, David Ryder, otherwise known as um, you you got to watch the Mystery Science Theater version because the movie's watchable to me, but I have really bad taste in movies. It, it's watchable to me, but it's far more watchable when they do it. So they uh, he sees her, he says it's a nice place, and they kind of get into it again. But it sounds like there's like lines missing. It's really weird. It's just, so the exchange is just awkward. So they kind of apologize a little bit, and he uh, he leaves. The next scene, I don't know if it's the next scene. There was a scene where they introduced the Valerians, and they're like this, they're, they're almost supposed to be like this mystical cult, and they kind of insinuate they have some sort of psychokinetic or telekinetic or some kind of psychic powers. They, they don't really say, but they talk without like moving their lips, so they kind of get into people's heads. And uh, they basically, they're like, oh, sorry, we don't have any quarters for you. It's a, it's a giant colony ship. They don't have anywhere to put them other than like a sparsely like furnished warehouse off it like cargo bay it's really weird and they're like oh it's fine and of course their special effects they have like a, one of those like lightning balls used to buy at radio shack you know you put your hand on it and the lightning hits it that's their mystical thing but it was the 80s right so that's high tech so they we we then see leah jansen and david Ryder. I'm going to try to use the character names from now on. I've seen this so many times. How I don't remember them, I don't know. I'm just really excited maybe to tell you guys about it. We see them. Well, we find out that Calgon is planning a mutiny. And I want to say before we see uh, Ryder and Jansen again, there's a scene where there's the group of engineers are there. And one guy, he looks like, um, oh, he looks like a, a, he kind of looks like a famous singer. I can't think of his name. But he's the head engineer, and he tells them, there's all these engineers having a meeting, and he goes, we can land the ship. We have the technology. And they're like, yeah, we should. Everyone gets on. Oh, yeah, we'll do it. Except one guy. And he's like, uh, it, it, the acting's horrible. It really is. Most of the act, like, Red Brown should have won an Oscar compared to the people in this movie. I think he's, uh, in his other movies, he was a solid actor. This movie, the people he's acting with are so bad. I mean, there's one, like, when the sabotage happens... The woman that reports it was sabotaged, she just has this blank stare on her face, and she's like, Captain, it appears that something, something, something has been sabotaged. It's just, like, emotionless, just horrible. So this guy, like, stands up and says, oh, I, I, I must report this because, you know, he's the only one in this room of, like, seven people that's against this plan. And he's like, oh, I'm not with you. I'm going to report it. Like, somehow nothing was going to happen to him. So, of course, they promptly, like, kill him. We find out, uh, we also find out throughout the course of this, well, I'll get back to that, I'll get, I'll get to that in a second. So, now we're in like a nightclub, and there, there's, you know, dancing, and um, Reb Brown's character, David Ryder, is by the bar, and Leah Jansen is dancing, and like, showing her butt to him, and shaking it, you know, we're talking in the 80s, so, you know, whatever, how, um, how poorly people danced back then. So, she's, you know, she walks over, and they apologize, and they hit it off a little bit. And as we're talking, the woman that we saw on the bridge that told the guy to come see her gets taken away by Kelgon and his um, his crew. And it's funny because Kelgon's second in control has no shirt on, but it's like wearing a bright orange like plastic vest, like something a kid would wear for laser tag. It's <laughs> the special effects on the costuming is horrible, you know, along with the dialogue. It's really bad. So she goes, she David 
David Ryder's like, well, what's wrong? And she goes, oh, I know that woman. She works on the bridge. And it looks like she's being arrested. So they start to follow. And she gets out of the club, and Calgon's sitting in... It's supposed to be an enforcer vehicle, but it looks like a really bad, like... It looks like if you took a Cushman or, like, a, a scooter, like, a, a, like, sit-on scooter or a golf cart and, like, covered it with the bottom of a Dalek. It just looks horrible, though. So he walks... She walks over, and he goes, you know, says her name, and she goes, yes, and he goes, you've been talking to this first, or, um, chief, or second engineer, or whatever it was, so-and-so, and she goes, that's none of... That's my business, not yours. He says, well, now I'm making it my business, and he shoots and kills her. As he's pulling away, Ryder and Jansen show up and find her dead. They hop in another one of these vehicles and start chasing him. So they're, doing, they're, they're chasing him throughout you know, the ship, throughout whatever factory they're in, because it's not even a ship. You can tell it's not a ship. It's horrible. And uh, at some point, they go into a cryogenics area where they, they freeze people. And they find out that anyone that Calgon talks to that doesn't join him, if he thinks that they could be turned in the future, he freezes them. If not, he throws them out of an airlock. So he's been killing people for God knows how long now just to meet his ways. So they go back. So then the next scene is on the bridge again. And it's really hilarious because we're back on the bridge. The woman that was murdered is on the bridge working again, only has no more speaking parts. She's clearly the same woman. She's playing a sight right in... Like you see, there's no way you can't miss her. It, 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 I mean, I've seen... I know in movies, extras get reused. They change the makeup. They change the outfit, whatever. This was exact... She looked exact... She was even in the same spot. So we find out that there's that the ship was sabotaged, and um, now we're on the bridge, and it's the captain and the commander talking about how it was sabotaged, and the commander says how he thinks it was Calgon, and the captain's kind of like, well, don't don't make accusations, you know, we got to find out. Oh, so Calgon had um, he'd set up a, a deal with the pirates to attack the ship again. So we Reb Brown's character, Ryder and and Jansen, they they find out what's going on. The ship gets attacked by a pirate fleet, and. Calgon's happy because he's like, "Oh, we got it. We're gonna land the ship. They're gonna. They have to surrender." And they press like three buttons on the bridge and fire three missiles and destroy all three pirate ships. Then the captain finds out what's going on, and um, daughter Leah Jansen gets kidnapped by Calgon from her like little garden area. So of course David Ryder goes to save her, and oh, the amount of railing kills and just and for some reason Red Brown in this movie is just running around screaming. And it sounds like he's got, like, laryngitis when he screams or something. It's just, he, I don't know if they were like, hey, be like, act like Rambo or act like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know, but it just didn't work. I mean, it worked because it was hilarious and fun to watch, but it, it, <laughs> this movie was not winning any awards. So he, of course, he rescues her. She's Before, before he rescues her, she's tied up, and she is being... <laughs> she's, t- she's tied up on a table, and they're talking about, like, dental instruments of the past so Calgon has this laser and he's going to torture her by like shooting her teeth with it and he goes oh it's much it's, it's very similar to the dental lasers of the past not that you'd know anything about that what kind of ridiculously dumb line is that like <laughs> you don't know dental history what the f- really that that's his go-to line in this so she is there and uh He's asking her the plans, and I don't think she really knew him. They never really make that clear. No, there's a lot in this movie that's not clear. 
And he turns the laser on, and it sounds like my Makita drill. And even the guys at Mystery Science Theater point this out. They're like, the laser, it whirls like a drill. And it's like such a stereotypical, like, sci-fi trope, right? Like, you go to the doctor's office, if they turn on any kind of medical laser, you really don't hear anything, maybe a hum from the the transformer for it. So here, you know, they they do it, like, twice. She screams, like, she screams a little bit. Then the chief engineer guy walks in, right? And he's got a cane. He has a limp. I don't. Something must have happened to him. Maybe p- during a past mutiny. I don't know. So he walks in. And there's like a small exchange. And he's like, well, I better get going before I, they find out I'm missing. It was like, oh, we've got the... Oh, you've got the girl? Okay, good. I better get going before they see I'm missing. Dude, why'd you, leave, why'd you go there in the first place? And they have this like foreboding music when he walks in that's trying to be like Star Wars, like a like Vader's March kind of. It's really not near it, but it's got that foreboding sound. Like, it was a two-minute scene. Why was he even there? It made no sense. So now she sees that the chief engineer is involved. So she gets herself free, because Calgon leaves with his henchmen and leaves this really stupid, like, guy to watch her. And um, they're in this room, and there's computer keyboards, like, glued, like, mounted on the wall. Because somehow in the future, like, we would be typing on the wall i i don't know it yeah i don't know it made no sense to me especially since star trek the next generation had already been out and they had like touch screens i mean they had tablets that we have now it, it was in that show before it was here so you'd think at the time they would have been like oh well, let's do something no we'll use keep keyboards mounted to the wall and he calls for tech support and that's a hilarious exchange because the people it sounds it's hilarious because it's bad it, it's not supposed to be, but it's like, you guys are like, hey, I'm busy. I'll get to it when I can. It, it's, it's so stupid. So Leah Jansen tries to escape, or does escape, by seducing him. <coughs> so he uncuffs her. She gets him like, out of his clothes into his boxers. She kicks him away, steals the gun, and she puts on his outfit. And as she's doing that, she's got him at gunpoint, and that's when David Ryder runs in. They tie him up. They leave. They end up in the cold storage section. Actually, that's when they end up in the cold storage section, I think. Or maybe it's the second time. No, no, they end up there then. I, I, I jumped ahead a little bit early on. That's when they end up finding out about him freezing people. It doesn't really matter when you find out. So they go back to the bridge, and they explain that, um, well, they're getting chased through the quote-unquote spaceship, and they're getting chased, and he aims his laser rifle or pistol or whatever at canisters of methane it's clearly labeled i think it's i think it's even clearly labeled methane and he shoots them and they explode and they're like in a there's no reason for them to be there and again why would you have methane and why would you have just tanks of methane laying around it makes no sense so um they escape to the bridge they confront the captain they say your engineer your chief engineer is in on it too he's like oh my god he's one of my best men i can't believe he's in on it so they put David Ryder in charge of the whole operation. He goes to engineering, and before he gets there, like, I don't know why he didn't warn anybody that the chief engineer was a bad guy, but, like, they get invaded, Helgon's guys, and they're, like, getting... He's there, like, before it happens, and he's, like, killing them, and, like, he shoots, like, six of them before, like, the seventh guy, like, turns and looks, and then he shoots that guy. Like, you guys didn't hear each other getting shot and tumbling down the staircase? 
so there's this battle, and of course they're loading up the railings. As they said on Mystery Science Theater, they're loading up the railing, railing fodder. There's like three levels. There's all these bad guys on it, and Ryder's got like a makeshift flamethrower, and there's people getting shot and killed everywhere, and uh, there's a huge explosion, and you see Calgon laying on the ground or on one of the catwalks, and his his people like they sur- they kind of surrender. I mean, they didn't surrender, but they retreated. And Ryder goes in and chases down the... He's coming down the stairs into engineering. He starts getting shot at by the chief engineer. Who can barely walk and looks like Robbie Robinson, I want to say. So, he's... uh, Leah Jansen comes down out of the the ceiling on a... I don't know where she came from, on a rope, to help save the day, distracts him. Ryder comes running down the stairs. They corner him, and he... (laughs) For some reason, there's a ditch, like a trench, in this spaceship, and he crawls into it to hide. And she's like, oh, he's gone into the gas expulsion sump. I'm thinking, what the hell? Would you have a gas expulsion sump on it? What, what, what is it? Why would you even have it? So David Ryder, of course, is right by the valve for the gas, turns the gas in, flooding the sump, and then he shoots the, shoots the gas, so it starts on fire. And, and basically chars the disabled guy, or the handicapped guy, alive. So it's like, oh, okay, you're the... I get he was a bad guy, but dude, you just roasted a handicapped dude. It's a little wrong. So she says that Calgon's dead. They're going to have to surrender to my dad. This ship should be safe. So they're on the bridge, and... Oh, they're on their way to the bridge? I think everyone thought everything was fine... And then they find out Calgon, surprise, surprise, still alive. And it leads into another chase scene, right? So they're getting chased, or they're chasing him. He runs over Leah. She's still alive, but, you know. And they're, like, like he's coming straight towards her, and she's shooting, like, and standing still, and misses with every shot. She must have been a stormtrooper. Misses with every shot. Uh, he gets in an explosion, and we find out that her and David Ryder are, are an item. He's in charge of I think he's the flight crew captain or captain of security, something. He gets put in charge of whatever. And everyone's happy. And then it starts panning through the bowels of the spaceship, which is a factory. Clearly a factory. I don't know if I made that clear enough, but clearly a factory. And you see the charred body of Calgon, who is... You know what's going to happen, right? His eyes are going to open. We're just You're watching it like, all right, he's still alive, still alive. Sure enough, eyes open, goes to black. That's basically Space Mutiny. Or, like I said, the other name. I don't remember what it was. Mutiny in Space. So, it's really kind of a weird story of a movie, right? Because it's not a great movie by any stretch of the means. The storyline is really not horrible. And, you know, Reb Brown has had moments where he's been a pretty solid actor in other movies. John Philip Law has made made a ton of movies... I want to say Cameron Mitchell had been in just a ton of movies throughout the years. I mean, I'm, I'm going to look up a few here. Let's see. Yeah, they were Expendable with John Wayne, uh, The Mighty McGurk. He was with J- James Cagney in Love Me or Leave Me, Gary Cooper and Susan Hayward in Garden of Evil, Lana Turner and Spencer Tracy in Cast Timberland. I mean, this guy had acted in plenty of stuff. And, of course, this is near the end of his career. 
uh, he was in How to Marry a Millionaire with um, Marilyn Monroe. I mean, maybe he wasn't the star of them all, but he, he was up there enough. And, uh, you know, shortly shortly after, in 1979, it says he became spokesman for Z- a sp- spokesman for Z-Bart for commercials. So, I mean, he's a guy that was a legit, a rather legit actor. And uh, let's see, who else? I don't think Sissy, I don't think Sissy um, Cameron really did much. James Ryan, chief engineer, uh, he was in a movie with Susan Sarandon and Harvey Keitel called The January Man. He was in Killer Be Killed. I mean... He'd made a couple good movies. He uh, he was in the... Well, Kickboxer 5 is not really a great film, I guess. But maybe it is. I haven't seen it. But he was a South African actor. So, it's. I mean, they have shows and stuff down there that we don't know about up here. Uh, the, the Valerians were pretty much just, like, dancing sexily. They seduced two of Calgon's men. Uh, the captain goes to talk to them. They tell him that the... The people have lost their way. And when Calgon gets in the accident, they're kind of... Yeah, they're kind of dancing around their globe thing, so they're kind of inferring maybe they have something to do with it. But they're really not utilized for much. They're just kind of there. And, and like I said, the... The, uh... The real bad part is just the fact that there's no way it's a spaceship. It, it, it's concrete and brick. It, it, no. Um, the spaceship effects, all of them came from the original Battlestar Galactica TV series without any, any, um, without any, like, even asking if they could use it. The director, I believe the director was called away, on the, the director himself said he was called away from the set due to the death in the family before filming. He delegated directing duties to the assistant director. Usually he gets an, usually you get like an Alan Smithy credit, which is like, they just put a fake name up. So, you know, you don't get hit with it because you didn't actually do it. But nothing was, I mean, it was just horrible. I mean, apparently in the future, everyone wears white or silver. Everything was spandex. One of the women looks. One of the women's look. Women looked like she was na- naked. Ah, uh, let's see. I mean, it's just. It's just horrible. I mean, <laughs> I I don't know. It's horrible, and I hate to say it. I love it. I hate to say it. I love it. I love watching it because it's just bad. Like. It's bad, and yet it's fun all at the same time. So that's kind of it. It's Space Mutiny. I mean, I think they were actually sued by uh, the people that did Battlestar Galactica, too. It doesn't, I, I, I'm pretty sure I read that before. But <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just... I would if, if you like bad science fiction movies, which there are a lot of, check it out. It's fun. Hey... The story of it, I get the story. I don't mind the story of it. It's been done before. It's been done better before and worse. For me, if I'm going to give, like, any kind of rating to this, it's going to be like, uh, I'm going to say it's uh, one and a half. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a one and a half out of five because it's fun to watch. It's really stupid and makes no sense. Well, I mean, it makes a little bit of sense, but it's just, Horrible. It's not the worst movie I'll talk about on here. Believe me, I have way worse ones to talk about. But it's pretty bad. I would recommend watching it once and then watching it with the 
the um, Mystery Science Theater guys because their version's great. But yeah, I mean, we, the amount of people that get, that there's an explosion behind that go flying, and the amount of people that fall off railings to their death after getting shot is astonishing. Anyways, I would say just um, you know check it out, especially on this on the Mystery Science Theater version. It's it's great. I will say that Eccentric Cinema described it as quite possibly the worst science fiction space adventure film ever made in English. I, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's the worst. There's other ones that are pretty bad. There's ones with my beloved Bruce Campbell in it that are really bad. So, but hey, check it out. Watch it. Enjoy it. And you know what? Thanks for listening. If you enjoy it, Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, especially if you didn't enjoy it, tell your enemies especially. Um, share it. We ha- I, I, we've been posting articles uh, about B-movie actors, actresses, directors, random thoughts. You know, we have the, we're on the, the website is aotbmpodcast.com. You find us on facebook.com. I believe it's The Attack of the B-Movies or AO- yeah, I think or AOTBM. You could link to us. You could find us on. If you go to the website, you'll find us on Facebook. But like I said, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something, or at least maybe I can stop you from watching something you don't want to watch. I, I, but I recommend watching this one just once because it's horrible. And you can make fun of it while you watch it. So, hey. Anyways, like I said 17 times before, thanks again, and I will talk to you next time with another movie.